Let's dive right into it. We're starting a series starting today called Holy, Holy. And the definition of holy is to be set apart for an honorable use. To be set apart for an honorable use. And uh, I, I tell you the heartbeat behind this message is um, I don't know if you've noticed this, I've noticed this, but I feel like there is an indifference, an indifference in the church today, particularly amongst Christians towards the things of God. Uh, people who are not Christian, uh, they've been indifferent their entire lives. Uh, that's, um, that's not anything new. What's new is, is people who call themselves Christians are indifferent to the things of God. And that is unacceptable. Uh, God does not accept that indifference. Uh, he makes it abundantly clear in Revelations chapter 3, verse 15. He says, I'd rather you be hot or I'd rather you be cold, but I will spit those people who are lukewarm out of my mouth. I will spit you out. Uh, God is no different than you are. He's no different. Uh, if you've ever had a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, uh, you want them to be passionately in love with you, crazy about you, or just make their feelings abundantly clear and just leave. Uh, but just being there, and being indifferent towards you. They don't care if you're there or you're not there. They don't care if you're around them or not around them. They are just indifferent towards you. That is unacceptable, isn't it? It's unacceptable. If you've ever felt it, you know exactly what it feels like. The Lord is the exact same way. You have been made in the image of your father. The reason why you don't like it is because your father doesn't like it. Um, if, if you don't like it, your father doesn't like it, and God will not accept indifference. He will not accept it. Um, I want to share with you uh, whole, the, the thought of holiness. I'm going to be in a series on this for the next few weeks. Um, the idea and the concept that somebody could just say, I love God, and they don't show it. I believe in God, but they're not passionate. Um, that's just unacceptable. Being holy is to be set apart. I am setting this apart for a holy use. I am setting this person apart for a holy use. I am going to use them. I have plans for them. That is holy. He has set you apart. But then there's not only positional holiness, there is a pursuit of holiness. Did you hear that? It's not only positional holiness, there is a pursuit of holiness. Positional holiness is when Jesus made you holy. He made you holy. He died on a cross. He poured his spirit upon you. You can read about it in Titus. In fact, let's read it right now. Uh, it, sound, it reads like this. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, 
passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. In other words, there once was a day when I was not a Christian. I was not following the things of God. There once was a day. But, verse four, when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. If you're taking notes today, I'm gonna talk about three things. Number one is how we have been made holy. Number two, how we pursue holiness. And number three, the enemy of holiness. And if you wanna get there before me, just know that the enemy of holiness um, in today's discussion is not Satan. So wait for me. Um, being made holy is when God saw that you and I had no chance of ever being holy. We had no chance of ever being set apart so that he could use us. We had no chance. We thought about evil things. We spoke evil. We were selfish, self-consumed, completely sinful. And he says, you know what? You can't help yourself. I'm going to help you. I'm gonna pour, I'm gonna have my spirit poured on you. This was God's plan. My son Jesus is gonna do it. So when we said, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins, please forgive me. Jesus pours his spirit on us. And at that moment, we go from being sinful to being holy. At that moment, if you're playing chess, and you move your queen or your bishop or your pawn from one square to another. That is the difference of God making you from unholy to holy. You didn't do it because you're special. You didn't do it because you're good looking. You didn't do it because you're smart. You couldn't have done it on your own. God did that for you. Jesus did that for you. That is a position of holiness. But holiness does not stop there. It starts there. There is now a responsibility that you and I have to pursue holiness. In other words, when you gave your life to Jesus, he looked at you and said, you are no longer just a person here that is supposed to live 70 or 80 years and make money and die happy. That is not your, that is not your role in your life anymore. That is something you do as well. But your primary responsibility is now set apart. I have now set you apart for a particular purpose, a particular assignment for an honorable use. I have made you holy. The minute you said, I'm sorry for my sins, boom, at that point, you are no longer a person that is just supposed to make some money, have some babies and die, no. At that moment, right there, you have been set apart. But then at that point, we also say back, thank you, thank you. 
and now I am gonna live the rest of my life pursuing holiness. I am gonna live the rest of my life setting my own self apart. I'm gonna set my own self apart. So we're moving into point number two now. The pursuit of holiness. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14 through 17, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your formal ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Okay, now follow me here. Everybody listening? Everybody listening? Look at me, look at me. This is what he's saying. I have called you to be separate. Now I want you to make yourself separate. Separate yourself. Let me ask you a question. In what ways have you separated yourself? Do you dress any different? Do you talk any different? Do you act any different? Are there any places that you do not go to anymore now that you are pursuing holiness? In the Bible, it talks about how we should dress modestly. Do you dress any different than anyone else? I know we all shop at the same mall. We all go to the same stores. But do you pick out different clothes? And what is that bar? What is that bar? Do you fit into the modest category? Do you purposely set yourself apart? See, the indifference sounds like this. I can wear that. It's not like I'm going to go to hell. I can look at that. It's not like I'm going to go to hell. I can say that. It's not like he's going to send me to hell. So is that the bar? Or is the bar holiness? Which again is to be set apart. I can't wear that because I am setting myself apart. I can't say that because I'm setting myself apart. I can't go there, not because it's going to send me to hell. That is not the issue. The issue is I am setting myself apart. You are going to be able to tell a difference about me. See, too much do Christians want to blend in to make non-Christians feel comfortable. We should be different, not blend in, to set the example. The example should be the goal, not their comfort. But not everyone feels that way because you have not pursued holiness. I'm gonna wear the same clothes you wear. I'm gonna drink the same stuff at the same place and act the same way and talk the same way because I don't want to feel, I don't want to make you feel awkward that I'm different. You can't make people feel comfortable and God not feel awkward. You got to pick which one is going to be awkward. Either you're going to make people awkward and God pleased, or you're going to please people and make God awkward. I'm going to tell you, not everything in that mall you can wear if you are making yourself separate. There is not everything you can laugh at if you are making yourself separate. Either you are making yourself separate or you have fallen into the trap of indifference. One or the other. 
Thank you, sir. <laughs> I, I, honestly, honestly, just so there's no awkwardness in the room, I've already crossed over emotionally and mentally this morning. I recognize that this is not the sermon that you preach to win friends and influence people. I've already gone there, okay? I've already gone there. I'm already over it. I'm already over it. Uh, Brother Dwayne just really ministered to me right before this service. I told him, I said, you know what? This sermon makes me sick to my stomach. It makes me nervous. Because I know this is not what people want to hear. Because here's the reality. Christians, they want to wear the same clothes. They want to look in the mirror and go, oh yeah, that looks good. They want to wear the same clothes that everybody else wears. I'm not here to make rules. I'm here to say there is something called holiness. Does anybody want it anymore? That's me. That's where I'm at right now. Does anybody, does that word appeal to anybody anymore? Does it? Or or is is it, have we gotten so cool? Have we gotten so cool? Can I just say, we can go ahead and say, all right, you know, uh, suits and ties, that's not as cool as it was before. I'm willing to wear jeans, but I'm gonna tell you something, holiness, setting myself apart for a holy use and making it abundantly clear, I'm not willing to negotiate on that. And if this kind of sermon, if this kind of church makes you feel uncomfortable, I got good news for you. There are 72 other churches in the woodlands for you to pick from. 72. All I know is that it is going to be abundantly clear in this church what pleases the Lord. It is going to be abundantly clear. The scriptures are in black and white, not 50 shades of gray. It is crystal clear. When I show up to heaven, I want you to have full confidence on what line you need to be in. I heard a story recently on uh, about two doctors talking to each other, and one doctor said to the other doctor, how many people have you operated on? And the doctor said, well, I've, I've operated on 5,000 patients. And the other one was like, wow, I've only operated on 100. And so the guy that operated on 100 looked at the guy with 5,000 and said, man, of the 5,000 people that you operated on, how many of them lived? And the guy said, 10. <laughs> I said, well, what about you? Of the 500 people that you operated on, how many of them lived? He said, all of them. Look, I, I'm not trying to build a big crowd here. I'm trying to build a big crowd there. Here's the reality. I want every, church, every seat filled in this room because that equals a crowded heaven. But I don't want it so bad that I'm willing to tickle your ears and only preach half of this Bible because I know that's the part you wanna hear. Here's the reality, that people love to hear the grace of God. They love to hear the mercy of God. They love to hear the love of God. Oh, they love it. But let me tell you something, the people, the individuals, the persons that are the closest to God, when they fly around him, they say, holy, 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 holy. That's all they say all day long, those angels. Holy, holy, holy. They don't say grace, grace, grace. 
Mercy, mercy, mercy. Love, love, love. They don't say that. They say holy. You know what holy means? Again, you are set apart. This is the most different thing we've ever seen. This is the most, di- there's nothing like this in the world. It's different, it's different, it's different. Oh my goodness, it's holy, it's holy, it's different. And the Lord says this, I am holy. I want you to be holy. I want you to be different. I want you, I have made you different. I have called you to be different, but will you answer that call? Will you answer that call? Let me read a few verses to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, protecting holiness in the fear of God. Cleanse ourselves. Who's doing the cleansing? Yes, some of you didn't want to say it because you're like, I'm not sure if this is a trick question or not. Yes, ourselves. We look at ourselves and say, I'm not saying that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not treating people like that anymore. I'm not wearing that anymore. Why? Because I'm doing it to myself. I am distancing myself. Watch this, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. So many people want to be a vessel for honorable use. Use me, use me, use me. But I am not going to distance myself from anything that I don't want to. If it's not going to send me to hell, then I'm going to go ahead and do it. Because that's where the bar is. I am not interested in trying to get to heaven anymore. I have already established that. I believe in Jesus Christ. I've made him my Lord and Savior. Now I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And for the rest of my life, I want to be a vessel chosen for honorable use. I don't know what you want in life. I don't know you that well. But people who pursue holiness go to sleep saying, Lord, I want to I sleep and dream dreams that you give me. And when I'm awake, I want to have visions. And when I go to sleep, I want to dream what you want me to dream. And I'm going to walk into situations and say, this is the second time I've been in this situation. I've already dreamed about it. The Lord has already spoke to me about it. I came to this situation, this season prepared. This doesn't surprise me. I've prayed about this. I walk with the Lord. I talk with the Lord. He breathes in my spirit. I don't know about who your best friend is. I don't know who you text all day long. I don't know who you Facebook check with. But as for me and my house, I want to back up and say, it is God that I'm consumed with. It is God I talk to in the car. I take my phone and throw it underneath the seat. I talk to God all day long. You can listen to whatever music you want to. Country music's not going to send you hell. I enjoy country music, but there's something that I'm trading when I get in the car and I'm listening to Randy Travis. The Myers truck is not a moving sanctuary down I-45. And I'm making that trade at that moment. I'm in my truck by myself. 
I have an opportunity to make my truck a moving sanctuary, that I can spend time with my creator, that he can pour himself into my mind so that my thoughts are his thoughts. It's not about just enjoying music. It's about enjoying his presence. It's not about what I can wear or what I can't wear. It's about separating myself for honorable use. I got 70 years on this earth. I got 80 years on this earth and it's gone forever. I get one shot. You got one shot. What do you want to do with it? You want to look cool? Enjoy yourself, sweetheart. Enjoy yourself. You want to have a sweet car and a sweet house? Enjoy yourself. I hope it drives nice and you can't even feel the road while you're driving. But as for me, I want to feel the presence of God. I want to feel him interrupt my sleep. This moment right here where I've totally dismissed my notes so that the presence of God can just pour out of my heart. This is why you don't, you don't experience this moment right here just by Sunday. This moment is a result of what I did on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I am reaping the benefits of that right now. If you're looking at me and you're saying, this is not a normal speech. This is not a normal teaching. You're exactly right. This is what I pray for. This is why I worship God. When somebody looks in my face and they can hear the love of God and not judgment, this is how the Lord wants to use you. I am no different from you. The only thing that might be different between you and I is I'm willing to pray the, pay this price in private so that I might be able to experience it in public. <laughs> Desiring these moments in public is nothing but fool's gold. Of course everybody wants to be used by God. Of course everybody does. If you have a heartbeat, of course you do. But do you want it bad enough to separate yourself when no one's looking? Or do you only want to separate yourself when people are looking? Because that's not holiness. That is using his holiness for your personal gain. God, let me use your holiness so when the lights are on, people will be impressed. Let me use your holiness so that when I'm at work, I've got a prophetic word. Let me use your holiness so that when I need your gifts, they're available to me. That is using God. That is, that is having a, a, an adulterous spirit. I'm gonna use you when I need you. But being married to you and committed to you and devoted to you and only to you through sickness and health, through, through richer or for poorer, whether the flood comes and my house gets flooded or not, whether I get blessed or not, I am all in. That's something different. And that, my friends, is very hard to find these days. And that is the indifference. That is the indifference of Christianity. What is the enemy of holiness? Is it Satan? Of course it is. But watch what the scripture says in Mark chapter 14, verse 38. Watch and pray 
that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. This is what Jesus said to Peter. He said, you better pray. You better pray. I know you believe in me. I know you're a Christian, Peter, but you better pray because temptation is coming. And if you don't pray, you're going to crumble. You better pray. Hey, Peter, when you're not preaching, you better be on your knees. You better pray. You know, when Jesus said, come on, Peter, let's go pray right now. All 11 of you, let's go pray right now. They go to the Garden of Gethsemane. They fall asleep. Temptation came just a few hours later and he crumbled. It's praying in private so that you can have a victory in public. I'm gonna tell you there's something about battles these days because they're all public. We see it. You stop worshiping, you stop coming to church, your language changes. We see the battle, we see it, we we're watching it. Maybe we don't know the intricacies on whether it's health or finances or we don't know the intricacies, but we can see you're fighting because you're, you're not around anymore. The things of God are not appetizing to you. You, see, you gotta pray. And so I, I understand what a lot of us feel sometimes. We just feel like, look, I love God. I really do. I love God, but I can't do any better than what I'm doing right now. So I'm frustrated. Therefore, I want to just quit because I can't do any better than what I'm doing right now. And I'd like to say this. You are 100% right. You can't do any better than you are right now. You can't do any better than you are right now. You can't. So all those feelings and all those emotions of frustration, I want to do better, I just can't. Those are real and they're accurate. You can't. You can try. You can make personal promises. You can have 17 accountability partners. You can't. You can't do it. And the Lord knows that. But that's what the Bible says. He says that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Who will fill them? He will fill them. God will do it. Watch this. In Ezekiel chapter 36, 26, he says this. And I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. He looks at you and says, I know your spirit is willing. It's just, you, you just can't do it on your own. This is what he says. I am going to reach inside of you. I'm going to, you can't see me do it, but you'll feel the results. I'm going to reach in there and take out your heart. I'm going to pull out that stony heart. I'm going to rip it out of you. And then I'm going to put a heart of flesh inside of you. And then he doesn't stop there. Watch this. He says, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And if that's not enough, I will put my spirit in you. 
so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey all my regulations. See, when somebody says, I want to be holy, I'm going to pursue holiness. I want to be set apart for an honorable use. I can't dress like you. I can't talk like you. I can't act like you. I'm setting myself apart. I'm setting myself apart. Am I going to go to hell if I wear that? No. Hell's not the issue. The assignment is the issue. I am setting myself apart. I'm not going to dress like it. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. But how am I going to stop? His spirit. His spirit. He says, my spirit. Watch this. I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. If you have a gravitational pull towards a particular sin pattern and you say, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, I don't want to say, I don't, I, I don't. What we need is we need more of his spirit. We don't need more, more yelling at ourselves. We don't need more guilt we need his spirit. We need his spirit. In Acts chapter 2, his spirit was poured down on the disciples. It's called the upper room, the day of Pentecost. Two chapters later, they were out preaching. And people grabbed them, beat them, threw them in prison for preaching. They got so scared that they stopped preaching. And so they backed up and they said, God, we want to preach. We're just afraid. We want to, our hearts want to. We just can't get ourselves to do it because we're afraid. And the Bible says that he poured his spirit on them again. Let me just say that the spirit of God is not something that you experience once. It's something that you can experience over and over and over again. And where we are weak, God, I need your spirit. The reason why people are indifferent of the things of God is because they no longer care about holiness, setting themselves apart for an honorable use. But when God sees somebody trying to set themselves apart for an honorable use, he looks back and he says, I see you hungering and thirsting for righteousness. You can't do that by yourself. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you more of my spirit. And for those of us that back up and say, God, you're going to have to help me because if you don't help me, I'm going to be like this forever. He said, don't worry about it. You're not going to be like this forever. You just got to come to me. I'll rip out that stony heart. I'll rip out that stubborn heart. If you have somebody in your family, a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife, an uncle, a mammy, a pappy, they're not living for the Lord. You don't get mad at them. You pray against that stony heart. God, rip that heart out of them. Rip it out of them. Pull it out of them. Put it in that flesh. And I tell you, I pray this all the time. Dear God, I need more of your spirit. I need more of your spirit. Watch this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God 
who works in you. Watch this. When he works in you, he does two things. While he's working inside of you, he does two things. Watch. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. When God is in you working, he gives you the will. He gives you the desire. God, I'm in trouble because I don't even have a desire. I need your spirit. When he's in you, he gives you the desire. He gives you the will. But then he gives you the ability to actually do it. That's what God does. That's what his spirit does. The reason why Christians in the church across the world today are indifferent is because they're neglecting the help and the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Preachers like me have failed by making church a Dr. Phil show, giving you keys to success and keys to happiness. And it's not keys to happiness that you need. You can watch Dr. Phil and get that. And I just wanna say publicly, I'm sorry for doing that. I'm sorry for being overboard in that area. It's not keys that we need. It's the Holy Spirit saturation that we need. And until then, we will be casual. We will be common. We will not be holy. There won't be anything different about the way we talk. There won't be anything different about the way we dress. There won't be anything different. We just fit in like everybody else. And I just wanna say once again, that is unacceptable. Not by me, by God. You cannot be indifferent and casual and cool about the things of God. He says, I wish you would be hot or I wish you would be cool. But those of you that are lukewarm, watch, I'll spit you out. But if you have a desire, to pursue me at all. I will help you. I will help you. I will take my own spirit and put it in you. I will help you. God loves you so much. But we have to ask him and we have to want it. We have to desire it. That, that's, that's on us. Would you stand your feet for me, please? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Everybody in the room, nobody looking around, please. I feel like this series of holy is an important series. And, and I hope you you come to every single message within the series. I don't know if it's going to be a two-week series, a three-week series, a four, I don't know. Let me ask you a question without anyone looking around. If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, what has been your attitude about holiness? What has been your attitude? If, if you made yourself separate in any way, shape, or form, Are, are you ready to see the Lord if 
if you had to see him in the next five minutes? If the answer is no, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? No, I'm not ready. That's it. Hands are going up all over the room. As a sign of surrender, can we just raise both hands right where we are? And let's all of us say these simple words. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Come on, let me hear you. I'm sorry for my sins. Would you please forgive me? I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. There's no official dismissal. You can leave whenever you get ready. But if you want to come down to the altars and kneel down, nobody's going to come bother you. You can just come pray or you can just stand here. Or you can just stay in your seat for a few moments and spend some time with the Lord. But may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and deliver you. And may the grace and peace of God be with you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.